This morning, I asked our wonderful guest and friend of uh, Alicia and I, uh, Tim Bennett, been traveling on the road for the last 15 years, uh, ministering the gospel coast to coast, blessing generations and generations. I say this because they've ministered from the youngest to the oldest. They've been a part of wonderful ministry. We've known them for many, many years. They come not just as friends of ours, but Credentially, they are known as one, some of the best evangelists in our fellowship. And so 15 years of traveling, uh, two, uh, he's got a wife and two boys and two girls at home, and they lent him to us for this morning. And so I'm going to ask uh, you to just be ready. How many are ready? Come on, somebody. Say, yeah. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and please welcome our great and friend evangelist, Tim Bennett. Come, brother, share the word with us. Amen. Amen. Man, I, I feel like you set the bar too high. Now, I mean, I got nowhere to go now. No. It, <laughs> thank you, man. I'll pay you later for all that great introduction. It is so good to be with you folks this morning here. In, this is Northumberland over here, right? And then over there is Union, right? Is that right? About 130,000 people you're about to win to the Lord in these two counties, excited for what the Lord is doing and uh, what God is, uh, is birthing in and through you and the exciting things that are happening here at Freedom Life. Uh, welcome those of you that are watching online. Thanks for joining us. You want to get your Bibles out, I want to invite everyone to open up to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. As Pastor Tony had uh, mentioned uh, I've been married to my amazing wife for 20 years, uh, so thankful for my wife Katie as she's home with our, our four kids. Emily is 17, Josiah, I got a Josiah too, he's uh, he's. 13, I have to think about this. When you got four, I mean, and then we just added a dog last year, so I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Josiah is 14, uh, Hudson is 11, and our little girl, Ariana, is six years old. She'll be seven here in just a few months. And then uh, my favorite child is our little Cavapoo dog named Melody. She's more fun than the rest of them. She's the only one that comes to the door and wags her tail when I get home, so that's why. Uh, but uh, if you did that, I'd, you'd be my favorite too. Uh, but uh, thankful for that. Also, uh, just uh, so I'm so blessed as, as we've been traveling my wife, as I know, uh, I've, apparently your wife is already blessed because she's not wearing socks this morning, uh, but... Um uh, I, I know, man, I couldn't do this without my wife. I know you feel the same way, Pastor, and so, uh, so blessed. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you trusting me with, uh, with the word this morning. Uh, as I was praying and asking the Lord what, uh, what to share with you today, you know, and we're, we're in these kind of whatever crazy times, whatever you want to think about it, whatever is happening in and around the world. In reality, when you look at the span of time, there's been a whole lot worse than what's going on right now. If we could kind of get remove ourselves from being in the crying seat for a while and recognize that we are still on the victory side. And so I, at first I'm praying and I'm thinking, you know, it's into a new year and we're going to the whole deal and whatever. And I realized that my God is not confined nor does he change because it went from 2020, come on the hot dumpster fire 2020, right? It went from 2020 into 2021. Nothing has changed with God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever as your pastor mentioned. And so I was praying and asking and thought, okay, God, let's, I'm going to rally the troops, give a battle cry. And then as I was praying, I really felt the Lord say that uh, he wanted a healing word to really come to you today. Many of us maybe have been struggling or maybe not so much that we feel like we've been defeated, but it just feels the daily ground has just been enough. 
You know, just, it's been one thing after another, after another. And maybe, maybe there haven't been some big tragic moments that have happened in your life, but maybe it feels like you've kind of been suffering the death of a thousand cuts. You know, it's just been one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. The faucet leaks, you know, your car, something, you know, need new tires. Every, everything kind of begins to happen around. You can't get logged in uh, with your kids online. Like all the crazy stuff that is happening, right? But today I believe in the name of Jesus. One second, one moment with my Lord can change eternity. And I believe regardless of what you maybe have walked in here with, regardless of maybe maybe you're sitting on your couch or sitting in your office, sitting in the kitchen, you're not sure what's happening. And maybe some of you, you've joined us here today. Maybe this was your last ditch effort, hoping that you could grab a hold to some, some thread of hope. I've got news for you today. I serve a God who is an ever-present help in time of need. And if you are in need, you have come to the right house today because this is a place where there will be healing and hope and the satisfaction that comes from knowing that Jesus remains to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so this morning, I, I want to encourage you. I'm excited for what God has for us. I believe many of us, maybe you've walked in with a sickness or an infirmity or whatever it might be. You might be quarantining at home, whatever is going on. I believe in the name of Jesus. Before our time is done here today, you are going to sense the touch of the healing power of God flow through your body. Many of us, I know us as Pentecostals, we like to, we can, we can really believe for what we can grab hold to. But a lot of times what we can't believe for is that God can come and maybe heal, not, not necessarily maybe you forget memories and things that have happened and said to you in the past, but I believe today that I serve a God that can not only heal you physically, but he can touch your mind. He can touch your emotions. I believe today the back of depression is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, I got to slow down a little bit. I feel like I've kind of just like, whoa, preacher. All right. Whoa. All right, so here we are, Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. This might be a familiar story to us this morning, but I believe the Lord wants to renew us today. If you have that, uh, you can find that in your Bible, watching online. You can open up all kinds of Bible apps on your smart device and all that. And by the way, I love that the kids are in here. They're on my level. Come on, somebody. My wife, I'm 41 years old, been married to my wife for 20 years, and my wife says I've never been more immature than I am right now. Come on, somebody. So I'm thankful for that today. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. You know, having the sound of children in church is way better than the sound of snoring adults. You do know that, right? Mark chapter 10, starting at 46. If you will, come on, would you stand for the reading of God's word today? Let's engage what God has for us. If you don't hear anything else that I say today, listen to what God's word has for you right here and right now in this moment. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. You might have something similar as well. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. says, then they reached Jericho. This means Jesus and, and his disciples, all that were surrounding him in this moment. And then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder. I love this guy. Man, I love this guy so much. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. 
And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Watch this now. Not a week from now, not a month from now, not an hour from now, not, not whenever it just thinks it's all gonna be perfect and all works out. No, when Jesus is standing over top of you and he asks you what you want, you tell him exactly what you need. And guess what happens? The Bible says instantly, come on somebody, instantly. That means right here, right now. Instantly, the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, I ask for all distraction, all doubt, all fear. May it be chased out of this room by your perfect love. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that faith would arise in our souls. Lord, under the authority you have given to us as believers, Lord, we stand against every spirit of infirmity. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In Jesus, my name. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and in our minds right now. I trust you. I surrender to you. God, have your way today. In Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody said, amen. 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 Look at somebody as you're seated and say, instantly. Hey, hey. I like that. Instantly. You know, is, is uh, you know, I, I know Pastor Tony, Alicia, they, they have a few kids. I have a few kids, you know, and I remember when my daughter was born, who's now, she's 17 years old, and there was a whole thing that kind of happened with that and uh, some crazy things that have happened along the way. And I, I remember all the way back at the beginning when I first started traveling in 05, you know who one of, one of, one of my first phone calls was? Was to Tony Cruz. I don't know if you remember this or not, man, but you sent me, I, I mean, listen, this is the great thing about the kingdom of God. When I started traveling, Pastor Tony was doing that full time as well. And uh, he sent me everything. I mean, you sent me everything. You sent me references. You sent me travel forms. You sent me all kinds of things. Man, I, thank you. I, I mean, I don't know if you realize this. We're in this thing together. It is awesome. Though in brothers and sisters, I'd never personally met him. I, I didn't know him at that moment, but, but we connected there. And God used you in the, in the early days of, of, as, as we were traveling, because you know in those early days, you need all the encouragement you can get. 15 years later, you need all the encouragement you can get, but that's a whole other story. But I, I'm thankful, man. Thank you for your investment you made into my life and into my wife's life, into the life of our family and our ministry. I love you, man. I'm excited for what God has to you. I believe brighter and bigger and, and more amazing days. I think if God were to tell you what he wants to do in you and through your family, you wouldn't even believe how good it is. That's what I believe God for in your life. So uh, I'm excited for what God has. But I remember as, as, as our oldest daughter, Emily, was was born and uh, was being born. We're getting prepared and everything. We were real young and I'm still young. Come on. And uh, I, I, all that's happening in and around my life. And uh, I, I remember we would like, you, you got all the books, right? I mean, you just started getting every book you could find. I remember Baby Wise was one of the big ones for us, you know, like, you know, you, you read this thing, eat, play, sleep, eat, play, sleep, two hours awake, two hours asleep, or two hours eating, two hours, like, like you just did all, not two hours for eating. That's wrong. I, I ask, ask Alicia about that later on, but you know, like it, it was all this eat, play, sleep, eat, play, sleep. And, and you put this kid on a program. Our, our kids, every one of our kids slept through the night within six weeks of being old. That's of the Lord right there, ladies and gentlemen. I tell you right now, that's how you know miracles really happen in my life. And so, you know, we, we, we had this amazing time. But I remember one of the books that, that we read it was, this, it was this book called What to Expect When You're Expecting. Come on, how many moms do you remember that right now? I know the dads, you have no idea what I'm talking about right now. And that's why you should wash the dishes this afternoon for your wife. But what to expect while you're expecting. 
you know, and it was one of those things that just kind of gave you some tips and some things of what you would encounter and, uh, let me just stop right here for a second and say, you know, if, if you happen to see a lady that is pregnant, first of all, don't point that out. Second of all, she doesn't need to hear the worst story that ever happened to you while you were pregnant. All right, thank you. That's, I'll go back to my regularly scheduled program. But, you know, they, I remember this book. It was What to Expect When You're Expecting. and gave all these kind of little tips and different things about what, what some, be able to get through some of the things that maybe nobody would told you was going to happen, how to, how to do all the different things. And uh, there were some obstacles and some moments that, that, that you, if, if you were prepared for and if you knew how to handle them, you would be all right. But if you didn't know how to handle them and they got into your life, all of a sudden it would throw you for a loop. And so I believe many of us here in, in, in our world and what is happening in and around our life, I want to give you what to expect when you're expecting. I know many of us, as we left the hot dumpster fire of 2020 and stepped into 2021, we were expecting some great things. A couple weeks into this, hello, you know, come on now, I, I, I mean, we, I don't know if we thought the world was just going to change, if everybody was going to stop sinning, like if we thought like everything was just going to happen at the stroke of midnight. And uh, today I want us to understand something. Uh, We get all excited about the resurrection. We love Sunday, but boy, we don't like talking about Friday and Saturday very much. We, don't, we love to talk about the baby, but we hate to talk about the birthing pains. Right, we love to talk about the resurrection, but we don't want to talk about the death. And we, we, we forget that there's oftentimes a process. And if we would allow ourselves to understand that God has moments and God has things that he wants to prepare you, and if, if, if you would allow God to prepare you, it would position you for, to, ex, to expect and not just expect it, but actually receive the promise that he has for your life of healing and hope and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so this morning, I want to talk to us what that means to what to expect while we're expecting. What does this mean? And here we pick up this story where there's this gentleman named Bartimaeus. He's outside the the, the city limits of Jericho. Jesus and his disciples are making their way towards Jerusalem. This is just moments before Jesus enters into Jerusalem in the triumphal entry, which would be Palm Sunday, where, you know, they, they all yell and love him and lay down their coats and palm branches and say, Hosanna, Hosanna, and the next week, you know what happens. But many of us, we, we, we forget that there is a process in this. And here Jesus, he's, he's walking through Jericho, comes outside the city limits. And here is this blind man named Bartimaeus, right? Blind Bartimaeus, we refer to him. Blind Bartimaeus, there he's sitting, and, and, and Jesus has this encounter. And so the, the, the first expectation that you can have, look at this in Scripture with me again. It says, then they reached Jericho in verse 46, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, watch that. When he heard that Jesus was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The first expectation you can have is that Jesus is going to come close. When you're in need, when you're expecting a miracle, when you you need God to do something in your life that you cannot do in and of yourself, I got news to you. I serve a God who is an ever-present help in time of need. The Bible says Bartimaeus realized Jesus was nearby. 
He was nearby. I don't want, I, I want you to understand this today, regardless of whether you're sitting in your living room, your couch, your office, you're driving in the car, maybe you're sitting here live in the sanctuary with us today. I want you to know something today that you cannot run outside of, 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 of the reach of my God and Savior, Jesus Christ. His arm is not too short to save, nor is his ear too dull to hear. I serve a God who is more than able to do exceedingly and abundantly far more than what I could ever ask, imagine, or think. Listen, your, 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 your circumstance, the pain you're in, uh, the uncertainty of whatever surrounds you is not bigger, nor, by the way, has it taken God by surprise. When everything began to fall apart, and uh, really, let's, let's be honest about this. We've just, we're just looking at symptoms here uh, as, as far as what's happening in the world. Uh, there's a deeper, more uh, rooted issue of sin that we need to deal with in our country and in our world and all that's going on. But here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. I got news here. I serve a God who does not leave us for dead. I serve a God who left heaven to come to this earth. I'm thankful today that Jesus didn't take his Godship as something he needed to cling to, but he left heaven. Heaven, and he came to earth to serve us and to save us and to surrender his life for us so that we could know that when we call upon his name, it's at the sound of that name. Come on, somebody. Every demon, every cancer, every heart disease, all arthritis, all, all pandemic, all virus, all confusion, it must surrender. Every demon, everybody in the world that is on the earth, under the earth, and over the earth, they will surrender their knee and with their tongue, they will confess that Jesus Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus has come close. And when Jesus comes close, our reaction needs to be the same as Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus begins to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. See, when Jesus comes close, we have to call, we have to confess that he is actually Lord of all. This term, son of David, was a term that, that, was, that was set aside specifically and only for the Messiah. Only for the Messiah. See, many of us, I know Pastor Tony and I were kind of just chatting through this a little bit this morning, which we didn't even realize this is the direction we were going. But many of us, we want Jesus as our Savior, but we don't want him as our Lord because we want him to do what we want him to do. But oftentimes we don't like how he does it. See, we love the saving part, but we don't know what he's like the Lord part. We, we, we want God to heal us. We want God to save us. We want God to prepare a home for us, but we don't always want to walk that straight and narrow path that says Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. You can't get to heaven any other way but through him. And many times we want to do it our own way. Elvis and Frank Sinatra weren't just singing about themselves. I did it my way. It, we all want to do it just my way. We think we know better. We think we deserve more. I love what your pastor just said. Why, do we, why should God give us more when we're not taking care of the little we have now? But here's the amazing thing about it. If we would stop complaining about what we don't have, we'd begin to realize what we do have. Many of us, we, we want to complain about all the things that are happening around this world, and we forget that we have what is on the inside of us is much greater than is on the outside of us. And even if the whole world comes crashing against us, I'm just going to say it the way I want to. Who gives a rip if the whole world's coming against us? Come on, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the whole world. We've got to stop playing this victim mentality, acting like it's, it's, it's all everybody else's fault. This is even, oh, it's my first time here. I shouldn't. 
I mean, when you get, if you were to get this virus that's out there, the first thing we try and figure out, well, who gave it to you? Because we would look for somebody else to blame. Tell me that's not a surefire sign that, let's call on the name that is above every name. I, I pray and I hope as we move through this season of our life and, and our lives personally, us as the body of Christ, us as the church of Jesus, even here in this nation, that we would be more loyal to the person of Jesus Christ than we are to political candidates and parties. I, I pray that as we move through this and maybe you know your preference and things that didn't happen the way you wanted to have happen, or maybe it's because we've been depending more so on the things of man than on the things of God. Let's call upon Jesus and not upon the names of things of this world, but let's call upon the name that is above every name. And you just might find out. Come on, it's, I need to move through this fast. Oh my Lord. Look at verse 48. It says, be quiet. Oh, devil. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. (laughs) Son of David, have mercy on me. Listen to me, expectation number one is that Jesus is going to come close. When he comes close, we need to confess that he is the Savior and Lord of our life. Expectation number two is this, the world is going to try and censor you. Be quiet. When you begin to herald the name of Jesus, all the forces of hell are going to come against you. You better believe it. See, here's the problem. Many of us, maybe you feel like you've, well, I'm just not under attack. I never have an issue. I'm, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a victor in Jesus' name. I never have problems. My Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Jesus didn't say, in this world, you're not going to have a problem. No, in fact, he said the exact opposite. In this world, you will have trouble. You will have trials. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. See, it's not so much that that, that when we begin to lift up the name that's above every name, listen, it causes demons to shake. It causes them to run. And and let's be honest. If if you haven't run into the devil, and listen, the devil's only one person. He can only be at one place at one time. Let me just say that right now. He's He's not there outside causing your battery to go dead. You left your headlights on, honey. <laughs> Let's not give him any more glory, any, any more attention to what he needs. He's one, he's one angel that has been put in his place already. But what the world, what, what ends up happening is if, if you haven't ran into the devil, if you haven't ran into the enemy at some point, maybe it's because you're running in the same direction he is. Hello. Como se llama? Maybe, maybe it's because we, we think that, that, that we're just, everything's going to be easy. That, that when we pray, that, and even earlier, you heard me say instantly, instantly it happens. Yes, Jesus instantly answers our prayers, but the answer to our prayer doesn't always come the way we want it to come. And we have to walk through this process. And oftentimes the world is going to try and quiet you because the world likes to be in control. The world likes to manipulate. The world likes to keep you in your place. But when you begin to surrender your life to the Lord, I'm thankful that he begins to lift you up, that he takes you to a higher place, that he lifts you above the things of this world, and you can begin to speak and declare the things and the glory of God under the authority of Jesus Christ that is on the inside of you. 
When the world tries to censor, you know what you need to do? You need to shout out even louder. Cry out louder. Cry out louder than you did before. See, Tim, what do you mean by that? Well, think about this. Paul and Silas, they're sitting in jail. It's the middle of the night. They got thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. What do they do instead of sitting there boo-hooming and crying? You know, many of, here's what many of our problems are. Many of our problems is whenever something bad happens or something politically doesn't go the way we want it to or we get the wrong report from a doctor or maybe the preacher didn't preach the sermon you wanted him to preach or didn't sing the songs you wanted him to sing or whatever it might be. We think that we can go and just drop a review online and complain about the things of this world. Many of us are quicker to turn to social media than we are to Jesus. I love you. I love you. I love you. Maybe you need to censor yourself from Facebook and twit face and chap snat and all the dumb things. <laughs> yeah, I did. I love Instagram as much as you do. Cinnamon's my favorite, but... We've got to stop complaining so much. Stop joining in with the noise of this world. Stop joining in, amplifying that what the enemy is doing or talking so much. I'm, I'm not saying, listen to me, I'm not saying that we don't need to be aware of what is going on, but there's a way of being aware without being alarmed. There's a way of being alert without being alarmed. There's a way of knowing what is happening, but understanding that what is happening in this world doesn't change the fact that I still serve a God who is my ever-present help in time of need, that he will never leave me, he will never forsake me, that he has already risen from the grave, and despite this present suffering, I know one day, I get to enjoy the eternal glory of God with him in heaven forever and forever and forever. Forever. You're killing me, Smalls. My kids like to try and keep track of how many movie references I have in my sermons every week, so it's for you. They, I, I want you to get this, that we have to cry out even louder, even as Paul and Silas are sitting in jail. We need to be willing to, despite our pain, despite the place where we are, we need to start lifting up the praise of Jesus Christ. We need to start giving God the glory and the honor that he deserves. The Bible says it this way. If we don't worship him, the rocks will cry out in our place. The rocks will cry out. Come on, I got a hard head, but today I'm not letting some rock take my place today. I, I've come to the understanding that even though I've messed up, I've made mistakes. I, I, there's oftentimes I'm not faithful to the Lord. There's things, there's times I don't say what I should say, and there's times I say things I shouldn't say. I do things I shouldn't do, and oftentimes I don't do what I should do. But I'm thankful today that's in my moment of weakness, that's where the strength of God is made perfect. And whenever I begin to exalt the name that is above every name, it becomes less about me and more about Him. And we are actually performing spiritual warfare, when we fill the air around us with the praises of God, my Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. It literally means he comes and he takes rest. He sits down in the middle of your praise and just enjoys it and loves to listen to you worship the Lord. I know as we travel up and down the road as we have for the last 15 years, and often, you know, my kids are awesome, but can I tell you, they, some, there's a couple of them that are a little tone deaf, you know what I'm saying? You know? They clap on one and three and two, instead of two and four, you know what I'm saying? 
Like they, they do all kinds of crazy things, and, but they, they know all the songs. They, they know worship songs. Oftentimes we're traveling in the car. That's what we listen to. Uh, by the way, maybe you need to turn off the junk of this world too, but I'll get to that later on. And we listen to the things of God, and so they know all the songs, and you know they're playing along. And my, my little girl, Ariana, I love her. I love her. I love her. You know, she just starts singing, man. You know, my car has one of those things, you know, how you, you got the volume controls on the steering wheel. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I just start hitting that thing, knocking it down step by step so she doesn't know how, how I'm doing it. I just go a little bit by little bit. Can I tell you, my little girl, she's never won a Grammy, not a Dove Award, none of that stuff, you know? But I'd rather listen to her sing than anybody that gets paid to do it on the radio. You wanna know why? Because she's mine. That's what God thinks about you. Maybe you're not on pitch. Maybe you're not in rhythm. Maybe not all the different, but God loves to hear you say his name. Just worship him. Give him the, the, the attention. And stop fixing your eyes on the things of this world and fix your eyes on the thing of God. And you might find out that he will become the beginning and end. He'll become the author and perfecter of your faith because it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross, despising and shame. And right now he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And when you're saying his name, he's saying your name over the throne room of God. What an amazing, vivid picture that is today. That when the world tries to censor you, we need to cry out even louder. Come on, let's move a little faster. Look at verse 49. I talk quickly. Did you all notice that? Sorry. Hope you listen quickly. Hope you're watching online. It has closed captioning. I hope it works. <laughs> Fun wonders. There's somebody there just... I don't know. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Look, 49. When Jesus heard him. Can I just stop there for a second? He hears you. You're not forgotten. God hasn't pushed you off to the side acting like you don't matter. God hears you. He hears you. I know sometimes it doesn't come just the way you want it to come, but it's just like what happened with Daniel. Daniel chapter 10, he started praying on day one and didn't get his answer till day 21, right? The angel shows up with his answer and says, Daniel, listen, God heard your prayer on day 21 and he sent me with the answer, but on my way here, I got into a battle with the prince of Persia, which means the devil. He got into the battle, but it was the prayers of Daniel that helped that angel to overcome the devil and bring the answer to Daniel. See, God heard your cry on day one. That's why it's important for us not just to pray one time. Listen, in just a few moments, we're gonna pray that God's going to heal you, restore you, whatever God, whatever you need, whatever miracle you might need in your life. You say, well, Tim, we pray for this all the time. I've been praying for years. I've been praying over. Listen, keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking, because you never know the exact moment and the exact time as you begin to worship the Lord and you cry out to him even more. Listen to me, you never know the day that you have been made ready and you're in the exact place that God has to give you the miracle you need. He's been preparing you this entire time. And if he would have given it to you whenever you wanted it, you wouldn't have known what to do with it. He doesn't pour new wine into old wineskins. He has to stretch us and make us new. When Jesus heard him in verse 49, he stopped and said, that is so powerful. When you cry out to the Lord, he stops everything just to listen to you. He fearfully and wonderfully made you. You are a treasure in the eyes of God. 
Some of you today, you've been told you're not worth anything, that you don't have what it takes, you'll never amount to anything because of your family or your last name or a mistake you've made in the past. Can I tell you something today? There is nothing in this world that can disqualify you from receiving the grace and the love and the touch of a savior. You're not discarded. You're not less than. It's in your moment of weakness that the strength of God is made perfect. There's not some decision you've made in the past. Oh boy. The lady in here, you have made, you made a horrible decision a long time ago. Can I tell you the grace of God is bigger than that? He's holding that little one in his arms and he's waiting for you to fall into the other arm. Trust him, surrender to him. You're, you're, you're not less than, you're, you're not damaged goods. He loves you with an everlasting love. He is reaching out. He stopped everything right now. I got more to say, but God has stopped everything right now just to let you know. You are loved by God. I don't know you. I've never been here, but you've been here before. I barely know a couple people's names in the whole room, but I know Jesus. And you're not pushed off to the side today. God stopped everything to let you know you matter to God. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. So Bartimaeus threw aside his coat and jumped up and came to Jesus. Look at this in verse 49. When Jesus heard him and stopped, he said, tell him to come here. Listen, the third expectation is this. You can expect God's gonna call your name. When you cry out to him, he is going to call your name. But I want you to be aware of what happens when the favor of God turns upon your life. Look what happens with Bartimaeus. The exact same people that just seconds earlier, seconds earlier, were telling him to be quiet. Stand over, get over off to the side. You don't matter. You're some hobo blind man begging for homes. Get out of the way. We have more important things to do. Be quiet, Bartimaeus are the exact same people that now are saying, hey, buddy, come on. Jesus is saying your name. Tell him to come here. Listen, the same people that are pushing you down right now when the favor of God comes upon you, you be aware of that. I'm not telling you not to love them. But I'm telling you to be wise. You don't have to trust a lot of people, but you can trust the name of Jesus. It's not always gonna make sense. Oftentimes it's people that are close to you. I mean, Jesus himself was about to go through this, wasn't he? Even as he goes into Jerusalem in the triumphal entry, people are loving him, shouting on him, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then things don't work out the way they want them to, so now they say crucify him. Let's, be, let's just remember who's been faithful to you. I'm not telling you to, to, to push people off to the side. I'm telling you to give everyone the same chance God has been giving you. That hurts. So they called the blind man, cheer up, they said, come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Listen, when, when, when the Lord calls you, cast everything off. 
Cast that, get, get rid of that. Anything that may keep you from getting closer to the Lord as fast as you can get to him, get rid of the things of this world. Don't allow anything to tie you down. That's why Hebrews says to throw aside the sin and the weight that so easily entangles us. There's many things that aren't listed in scripture that say that, that aren't necessarily black and white sin, but there's plenty of things in this world that even though it might be permissible, it's not beneficial for us. Listen to me, we need to start prioritizing what's happening in our lives. Many of us have been engaged in things and they might have been good causes. You may even have been right, but I pray today that my responsibility as a follower of Christ far outweighs my rights as a citizen of any nation. Let's make sure that we put our purpose and our trust in who Jesus is and we throw off all the things that are keeping us away from the Lord. Maybe that is social media. Maybe that is some worldly music. Maybe that is some relationship. Listen, light, my Bible still clearly says, light has no fellowship with darkness. To come ye out and be separate, says the Lord. We ought to live differently. We ought to look differently. We ought to act differently than the things of this world. It ought to be a clear-cut picture of who Jesus is in contrast to who the world is. We have to be willing to cast off all the things of this world. But many of us, we sit alongside the road and we call upon the name of the Lord and then we expect everything just to be easy and God's just gonna say, okay, go ahead, receive your healing, receive your sight, give everything you want to and then, and then we're supposed to just stay right where we are. God's calling you to a higher place. Look what happens now. It says in verse 51, Jesus now asks him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. Listen, when the Lord asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. You realize that, he is God. He kind of already knows. He was already in today before we got here. He exists outside of time. And it's kind of existential, but some of you had your Starbucks yet to get that pushed in there. Come on, best cup of coffee you can buy for 1995. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's a Hubbard joke right there. I had to give the footnote to the other evangelist in the room with me for a moment. What do you want me to do for you? Listen, once, once we, have, we realize our expectation is that Jesus is going to come close and we confess him as our Lord and then the world is going to try and censor us so we cry out even louder and then the Lord's going to call on our name as we call on his name and we cast off the things of this world. Listen to me, now Jesus wants to address your character. What do you want me to do for you? It's not because the Lord didn't know the answer. The Lord knew what Bartimaeus needed. He was outside the road. Listen, Bartimaeus, as a blind man, as someone with, with, a, with, a, with an inability, they're pushed outside of the city limits. They're not allowed to kind of be around town and be around all the people. They're, they're social outcasts. They're economic outcasts. They can't win. They can't have a job. They can't hold down anything. Their family gets pushed off to the side. In fact, we know that Bartimaeus was the son of a man named Timaeus, Right? Bartimaeus literally means son of Timaeus. Timaeus means highly prized. This guy was someone that meant something. But you know what the funny thing is about this? The word Timaeus actually has a dual meaning. You know, how many remember back, back in like the 80s and 90s? I'm gonna show you how old I am right now. How many remember when bad could mean bad, but bad could also mean good? Just depending on how you used it. It's the same way with Timaeus. 
Timaeus could mean highly prized, but it could also mean fallen, defiled. See, many of us, when we try and manipulate and control, we defile the things of God. We've done that a lot. And I, hate, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like painting with broad brushes because there is a remnant of true followers of Jesus Christ left in this nation. And I believe over the last year, as things have happened, I believe one of, the, one of the things I'm thankful for as we've come through this pandemic is that God has allowed there to be a separating of the sheep and the goats. I'm not necessarily talking about people that are able to come here and still have to watch, but I'm talking about you. We have found out who is really serving Jesus. And God has positioned us and made us ready. And he's addressing our character because many times Bartimaeus, he's sitting outside this town and you could try and manipulate. But now Jesus says, what do you really want me to do? What do you really want me to do? Because if Bartimaeus was to get his sight back, now he can no longer sit outside of the city limits and beg for free money. See, many of us, we are, we are way too good at this in the Christian world. We allow our inabilities and our shortcomings to define who we are. So if you really want Jesus to heal you and to touch you and to make you brand new, are you sure you really want him to do that? Because if he does, nothing's going to be the same again. When we say the old is gone and the new has come, that you become a new creation, the Bible actually means that. Like it's, the old is done and over with and you have a brand new walk, a brand new life. I'm not saying that you don't have to deal with the consequences of the past while we're here on this world, but I'm thankful today that the consequences of the past no longer outweigh the promise of my future. But what ends up happening is, is we want God to heal us, but we don't always want the, all the effects of healing to come our way because when we've been able to complain about our shortcoming and our, and our inability, it helps people to talk about us. And we think when people are talking about us, that's the only way that we can get value is whenever they're talking about us, maybe even if it's in our shortcoming and our inability. And we allow our frailty and our sicknesses and our pain to define who we are. I mean, let's be real. Bartimaeus is 30, 40 years old at this point in his life, been blind for that long, but now he's been healed for 2,000 years, but what do we still call him in church? Blind Bartimaeus. What about the woman with the issue of blood? Sick for 12 years. 12 years, that's a long time. But she's been healed for 2,000. What do we continue to call her? The woman with, we don't even, even know her name. We still call her by her problem, the woman with the issue of blood. What about the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. Huh? What, what, what about the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda? We allow the things of this world to label who we are because somehow we, we allow that to become our value and become our character. And Jesus says, if you really want me to make all things new, you better make sure you want me to make all things new because when I set you free, it is for freedom that he is really going to set you free. It's not so that you can stay where you are, but he wants to take you to a new place and position you for the promise he has in your life. He wants to change our perspective. We have to stop seeing the way we want to see. We have to stop looking at people the way that we want to look at them. People that have hurt us. People that have said things they shouldn't have said. People that don't, that don't walk in the same political agreement that we do. or People that don't look the same as we do. or People that don't act the same as we do. We need to have allow the Lord to change our perspective. And recognize 
that we all have fallen short of the glory of God. And we are all in need of Jesus to be our Savior and our Lord. Come on, let's finish this. If the team wants to come back and start playing, it'll help me to shut up faster. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Oh, I was supposed to do the thing, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. Is that one it? Oh, what? All right. Was that subtle? I was supposed to do it subtly. Subtle? Su- subtle? Subtly? Subtle? Suddenly? No, subtly. Suddenly. Sorry. You'll, you'll begin to realize that I am as immature as I've ever been. I mean, there's like, there was a shiny object over here, a squirrel. You know, I just like. It's why my wife's important for her to be with me. She keeps me on track. She tells me to wipe my mouth and everything. I mean, it's awesome. Verse 52, Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Your last expectation is this, he will send the cure. God sends his word and he heals our disease. Go for your faith has healed you. See, many times people believe they haven't received their healing or their miracle yet because some Christian along the way had said to them, well, you just don't have enough faith yet. Listen, if some little Christian has said that to you along the way, that is so twisted and couldn't be so more incorrect. If you have enough faith to trust in a God that you've never seen, that he has has forgiven you and taken your sin and thrown it as far as the east is from the west. And that he is preparing a place for you right now. But if you're in this room today and you say, Tim, I believe that I am saved and when I take my last breath here on this earth to be absent in the body, will to be present with the Lord and I will spend eternity with Jesus in heaven forever. Come on, shoot your hand up right where you are. Say, Tim, yeah, that's me. I believe Jesus has saved me. That's awesome. Now look, everybody that has their hand up, you are qualified. You have enough faith to receive healing. Because if you have enough faith that God can change eternal things, that's way more than enough faith that God can change some temporary sickness in your body. Because let's be honest, if you die because of cancer or a a virus or or, or, or a heart disease, stroke, all the different things, listen, you could still make it to heaven, right? All you need is Jesus in your life. Temporary sickness in this world doesn't disqualify you from the, from the things of God. But if you have enough faith to say, God, you've wiped away my sins and I'm going to spend eternity with you, you, so you understand temporary sickness is worth far less than eternal sin that keeps us out of heaven. When Jesus forgives us of sin, that's no, it's a no big, it's a no brainer, it's no big deal. He can heal us some temporary sickness. That's why we got to commit our lives to the Lord. Bartimaeus, Jesus tells him, go, go. Change where you've been. Go. Your faith has healed you. Now go. Commit your life to the Lord. So Bartimaeus followed him down the road. 
See, I'm not standing here today acting like I've got this thing all figured out and I know how to bring revival. I know how to bring healing. I, I know just the right keywords to say to you at just the right moment. Alicia knows exactly when, when, when to bring the band up into some crescendo and make a, ch- a key change so we all raise our hands and get the Holy Ghost goosebumps and all the things we like to do in Pentecostal world. I'm not saying emotions are bad, but I'm here to tell you today, I don't, I don't know how to heal you. I can't save you. I can't bring revival to you. But what I can do is connect you to the person of Jesus who can do all those things in a second. When, when I was two years old, I was diagnosed with a disease called cystic fibrosis. If you don't know what that is, it's a disease that's incurable to man. It's treatable, but it's not curable. It attacks your lungs, attacks your bones, it cripples little bodies. During that same time, one of the reasons they were able to find that out at such an early age is because I had reoccurring pneumonia over and over and over and over again. And it caused large amounts of scar tissue to mount all over my lungs. That put together with the cystic fibrosis that was attacking my lungs, the doctors told my parents that I wouldn't live a very long life that the life that I would live would be a very poor quality, that I wouldn't even have enough air to walk down the hallway of our house. I still find that amusing. I'm thankful that my parents brought me forward in a faith-believing church much like this one on an Easter Sunday 39 years ago. As they brought me forward and they prayed, the Bible says in the book of James, if any one of you is sick, may he call on the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, period. Like, that's it. Not some show, not some circus, not some emotional hype. It's done. I'd like to say that something awesome happened that day, right? Like the, like the roof opened up, a light shone down out of heaven, a dove come down and kissed my little cute baby cheek. I was cute back then, Pastor Tony. Right? I had little blonde curls. I could rock curls. Nothing changed that day for me that I knew of. But as time went on, see, God already answered their prayer that day. As time went on, treatments began to happen, and the doctors are saying, listen, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, the treatments that we're giving your son, he's not reacting the way he should. His body's not reacting the way that that, that we expect, so we're going to have to rerun some tests, do some things, and figure something else out. Well, they go, they do the blood work again, they they take the chest x-rays again, and they come back to my parents, they say, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, we're sorry, but we must have made a mistake, because here's the old blood work said he has cystic fibrosis, and this one, we can't find anything in his blood that says any otherwise that he's a healthy young boy but the thing we really can't figure it out the old x-rays here's the old x-rays with all the scar tissue but here look at the new x-rays he there is not one stitch of scar tissue on this little boy's body go ahead take him home and allow him to live his life see it's at the exact point that the enemy tries to come against you that God can change it and flip it around for his good and today with the borrowed breath that I have from the Lord I'm lifting up the name that is above every name I'm here to tell you I serve a Jesus who can heal you He can reach out to you. He can change you in a moment right here and right now. He will open your eyes in wonder. I wonder today, if you're here, you say, Tim, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I need a miracle in my life. Listen, we're not going to run a big marathon. I know we're getting into overtime and I need to let you go and all that kind of good stuff. 
But you know what? I never pass up an opportunity to watch eternity change. As we've traveled over the last 15 years, I know Pastor Tony, this is what used to your heartbeat as well. Listen, we've watched people being healed and delivered, getting out of wheelchairs, tumors disappear, blind eyes open, deaf ears open. I mean, I, a gentleman, it was a few years ago, a gentleman that had, that had uh, multiple, multiple strokes, wasn't able to walk and wasn't able to speak. I'll never forget it. The day he stood up, nobody was praying for him. That's the thing I love about it the most. Just the presence of God touched him. He stood up out of his wheelchair, came up and took the microphone out of my hand. That church, you think something didn't... Mm, But all that to say, Jesus has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if you would surrender to him right here in this moment, not just to be your savior, but say, God, I trust you. Even when it doesn't make sense to me, I'm gonna trust you with all my heart. I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding. But today, I recognize that you are God and I'm not. That's when he makes our path straight. Be here today and say, Tim, I need to surrender my life to the Lord. I, I, maybe, I'm not asking how often you come to church. I'm not asking how often you watch online. I, 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 what I'm asking today is, are you following Jesus? It's clear. It's yes or no. If you're unsure, you better get sure today. Before we go any further, before anything else happens today, you say, Tim, today I want to surrender my life to Jesus. It's really simple. We're going to pray a prayer. The Bible says we believe in our heart but we also confess with our mouth under the salvation of God, which means this. You have to pray this prayer word for word with me, but in just a moment, I'm gonna say a few words and I want you to say them right after me. And if you mean them in your heart and you declare them out loud today, I'm telling you in a very instant, you will be connected to the greatest source of love of all time. And there will be nothing that will ever be able to separate you from that love. Not death, not life, not an angel, not a demon, not the past, not the present, not the future, no power in heaven or hell could ever separate you from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus. All across this place, come on, would you stand to your feet with me this morning? In a very holy moment right now. If you're, if you're watching online, you're in your living room, I want to invite you to stand up out of your recliner, off your couch. If you're in your office, stand up right where you are. If you're in your car, don't stand up. That wouldn't work out well. All across this place, come on, I want everybody to pray this prayer with me right now. Everybody pray this prayer. I promise this prayer will not damage a soul. Right, if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, come on, pray this prayer right now with me. Say, Jesus, come on all across this room. Say, Jesus, I admit that I need you. I believe that you are God. And I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, I am saved. I am healed. I have been made whole. The joy of the Lord is now my strength. In Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said, amen, amen. Now listen. A lot of people do things a lot of different ways. For 15 years, this is how the Lord has instructed me to do this because I'm sick and tired of closet Christianity. This is not a funeral. This is a resurrection celebration with every head up and every eye open in the house. If you're here today and you just made that decision to follow Jesus, if you're watching online, listen, you can shoot us a, a direct message. You can go right to wearefreedomlife.com. There's a, there's a place for prayer. You can click on that. Let us know. If you just made that decision to follow Jesus, we want to celebrate with you. Listen, I have friends and family members that do not know the Lord. Can I tell you something? If I'm in this, Pastor Tony, I'm telling you, man, if I happen to be in the same place that they give their life to the Lord, you think I get rowdy when I preach. 
I'm just telling you that right now. I'm going to be jumping and spitting and shouting and crying. It's, not, it's going to be a great day in the glory of God. Let's give people a proper welcome into the family of God. Amen? If you're here and you just made that decision to follow Jesus, say, Tim, what are people going to think? Who cares? They didn't save you. Jesus did. Let's give him the glory and honor he deserves. Amen. If you're here and say, Tim, I just made that decision to follow Jesus. I'm simply going to ask you, and I'm going to count to three because I can't count to four. It's just going to bring us right to a point of decision. Say, Tim, I made that decision. I want you to lift your hand as high as you can, and we're going to celebrate with you. Amen. Come on, let's give God the glory in this house. If that's you, regardless of how old or how young you are, you know you just needed to make that decision to follow Jesus. I say three, lift your hand as high as you can. One, two, come on, if it's you, lift your hand high right now. Three, come on, all across, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, come on, give God a big shout. Oh, this is worth more than that. Come on, give God the shout of glory in this house. will never, ever be the same again. Now look, for my friends that just raised their hands, I'm going to ask you, I'm, I'm trying to cut some things here to make it just perfect, but I, it's hugely important that you connect with one of us before you leave, all right? You make sure, Pastor Tony, who to see you, who else? Can I have them just come see you? And uh, Pastor Alicia, you come find one of us, one of the greeters, one of the ushers. You can go to the Welcome Center in the back. We just want to connect with you, congratulate you on the best decision of your life. If you're watching online, you just made that, let us know. We want to love on you and celebrate with you today. Before we go, I want to do one thing. I believe healing is in this house right now. You believe that? We're not going to run a marathon. You can't, can't, how many of y'all give me another 60 seconds? You give me another, come on, how many hands? Let me see 60 seconds in now. Hallelujah, that's a two and a half hour worth of 60 seconds right there. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you're here today, say, <laughs> say Tim, I need a miracle. It's, it's that simple. You need a miracle. Come on, lift your hand right where you are. You say, Tim, I need a miracle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, 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 wow. God, you were right. God, you were right. Now look, I don't wanna, if you are comfortable doing this, as Pastor Leash begins to lead us in this beautiful song, we're just gonna go through this song one time. That's it. One time we're gonna go through this song. And if you're here and say, Tim, I need a miracle, if you're not comfortable coming forward, I, I get that. Stay right where you are. Jesus can touch you where you are. But if you want, Jesus is standing over top of you right now saying, what do you want me to do for you? All you got to do is call on his name. He'll take care of it from there. You believe that today? Come on, all across this place, even now, if, if you had your hands raised and you want to come, come on, can you come and get as close to this front as you possibly can? That's it. That's it. Begin to come. Go ahead, Pastor. Go ahead. Lead us in this song this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. There's healing in this house today.